Awesome. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna get us going here. Here, 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 here. Dilly, 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 dilly. Get us going. I want to welcome you to the uh, members meeting, and uh, I'm so glad that all of you have come out. Um, this is a great, great turnout for a members meeting. Uh, if you were here. I like a members like two or three members meetings ago. You know that used to we'd have like six people here. And so this has been really cool. Um, I'm sure more people are going to make their way in, and if they do, just be curious to maybe help them find a seat. Um, there are some more chairs back in that back room if we end up needing it. Um, but thank you so much for being here. We've got a lot of great stuff that we're going to cover tonight. Um, a lot of information about the church, and this is a really um, really important members meeting because um, the first meeting of every year. We do four a year, and the first one, we kind of recap the entire year, and so normally we're just recapping a quarter of the church, which is three months, but um, as you picked up on your way in, we have an entire year report with a lot of information that we have prepared. Um, we're going to go over most of that, um, but as, as you know, we've been trying to make our, <clears throat> our members' meetings um, kind of more just not, not just talking about the business of the church. That's really important. Um, but also um, having a moment of devotion. So I'm going to share a very, very, very short word, I promise, like very short. I'm not going <laughs> to preach a sermon. Don't worry. Don't get scared when we open the Bible. Um, you should be excited about that, not scared. Um, and then James, I'm going to invite him up when I finish, and he's going to come and um, lead us in a, a short time of prayer together. And then uh, we're going to recap the year <clears throat> and go over all these things and um, celebrate what God has done and look forward to what he is doing. But uh, if you do have a Bible or something or a fake Bible on your phone, uh, you can turn with me. Uh, we're going to be in Psalm 145, and it is kind of a longer psalm. Uh, but I want to share something with you that actually it's a teaching that I shared with one of our couples groups um, a few weeks back, and uh, got a, we got some really good feedback from it. It was something that meant a lot to me, um, something I feel like God showed me kind of recently, and I'm excited to. Um, share this with you. It's Psalm 145, and it, it might kind of sound like an odd psalm, maybe if you're newer to the Bible, because it says nothing about us, really. It's all about God, and um, I think it's pretty amazing, but I'm going to read it for us. It's pretty long, so just stick with me. <clears throat> psalm 145, this is written by uh, King David. <clears throat> he says, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. <clears throat> great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. 
Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all who look to you, and you give them their food in due season. This is my favorite verse right here. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. I love that psalm because um, King David does something very well and very in-depth that I often wish I could do more of. And what that is, is literally just focus more on God. Um, because what I've come to find in my life is I'm an expert at focusing on myself, um, on uh, who I am. If I'm honest, I'm an expert on focusing on the ways in which I feel like I'm a sinner and failure. I'm also an expert in focusing on myself in the ways that I think I'm awesome, right? Like I'm I'm an expert at focusing on John Webbington. I can tell you a lot about John Webbington because I think a lot about John Webbington, right? And maybe I'm the only one, but I have a feeling I'm probably not. I think all of us spend a lot of our times focusing on ourselves and our life. And yet what Psalm 145 reminds me this evening, and actually back in December I had an amazing quiet time with the Lord over the Christmas break, which I had an amazing Christmas, by the way. I hope you did too. It was a great Christmas. But this one time I was uh, spending time with the Lord, um, and I had this moment where I read this psalm, and I just stopped for a moment, and I just said, God is glorious. Like, he's glorious. And I don't think we think about that enough. Like, he's glorious. He's good. Like, he's loving. Like, God is good. I don't know where you're at today, but the cool thing about God is he's glorious, and he's always glorious, and he's always perfect, and he's always right. You know, you never have to say, you know, God, I'm coming to you. You might be having a bad day today, but um, here I am praying to you. Like, God is always glorious. Psalm 145 reminds us that God does not just exist, but he is good and he is glorious. He is the most enjoyable thing that we so rarely enjoy. And God is not just glorious when he helps us or when he helps us in a time of need, but God is glorious just in his very nature. He's glorious in his existence. He's glorious in his character. He's just glorious, right? And I think so often we we spend a lot of our time, maybe if you're like me, focusing on things that are are not glorious. And there's been a lot of studies that have been done, and I think we'll continue to see um, how social media has, like, really begun to, like, really change the way our minds work. And that's not even just for the young people. They say that the most common demographic on um, Facebook, I think, is like the 45 to 70-year-old age range. They're the people on Facebook the most nowadays. Um, they, fig- they figured it out, I guess. And so, um, but what you're seeing constantly and what you're watching and what you're paying attention to um, impacts you, right? And 
I think kind of the application of Psalm 145, as simplistic as it might sound, maybe especially in our day where I think even social media can turn us into like narcissists, is that we just need to think about God more. We need to think about Him more. We need to find ways um, sometimes just to get our minds off of ourselves. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I don't mean that in like, you know, you're being a sinner, just think about it. I, I just mean like just straight up, like I think about myself. And if you're like me, sometimes I think I'm like, how am I doing today? How am I feeling today, right? Like, but what would it look like if we were just like, what is God like? And what if I thought about that? Because I read Psalm 145 and, you know, I try my prayer time to like praise the Lord and worship him. But like, that's a like, God, you're so good. But now here's what I'm going through, Lord, and, and, and God wants to hear your needs. But, I mean, David just goes on and on and on in story after story and way after way in which God is glorious. And I'm going to try this illustration. It might totally bomb because it's kind of out there. I didn't have much time to prepare this, but I'm just going to go for it. Um, so I recently um, power washed, like, my house. And uh, Chris, we have a little thing. We both like, we have a weird thing about power washing. We really love it. Um, Chris' wife actually recently gave him his own power washing thing. Um, but as you know, we, we just bought a new house, and so I was getting it in order. And um, the, uh, I went to go rent a machine, and uh, I, I was going to get the lighter one that's kind of weaker, because I thought that would be powerful enough. And the guy was like, that's not going to get the grime off your brick. Like, you need the powerful power washer, right? And um, so I didn't know anything about it, so I asked him. I said, like, I'm about to power wash my house, but I know I could mess something up because I'm not a handy guy. Like, how do I do this and not mess up my house, you know? I said, is there anything I need? What should I be asking that I'm not asking, right? And he told me I'd turn it on, but then he said, the thing you have to realize, he's like, this thing is, like, very powerful. Like, it's extremely powerful. And so, like, if your brick has any kind of decorative anything on it, if you just go in there and start gunning this thing on your brick, it's going to, like, ruin your brick. It's going to take some of the front off. And it's funny he said that because actually my house does actually have this like white thing on the brick that's supposed to be like decorative for it or whatever. And so my brick is actually one of those bricks, right? And so I got there and I realized it because I made the mistake at first where like I, I power washed it and house got mad at me because she actually liked the white stuff on the brick. Yeah, she liked it. But I didn't, I just kind of just went for it, you know, on my brick. And it was getting the grime off, but it was getting everything off, right? Like I, I, I'm pretty sure if I kept it, I would have blown just through my house, you know, and started blowing the house, you know. Um, but it was interesting because I, I just realized that like I was in this weird predicament where I'm like cleaning my brick and it's like I want to clean it but not too much, right? So I want to get the grime off of it, but there's also like things beyond that that I don't want to mess up, right? And let me just bring that back to the sermon here real quick. Um, I, but I've had this theory for a long time I've been thinking through and, and I just this is just kind of my own thoughts. Maybe it's not legit, but I believe that God has given us an intense, powerful ability to focus like it's powerful. Because in the life that he's given us, we're supposed to focus on a lot of things, right? So you're supposed to think about God, and you're supposed to think about your life and your family and world events and your neighbor. We're supposed to think about a lot of things. So we have like this intensity of how we focus, right? But the problem is, maybe if you're like me, is sometimes we have this intense, powerful mind. I mean, your brain is amazing, right? And we take this powerful mind that God has given us, and we just focus it all on our life, right? All on us, right? And it's just powerful. And we're like, we're like piercing through our life and we're like overthinking our life, right? And it's just so much. And we're focused, it's almost like we focus more of our, our, our power on our life than God intended to. And then I read David and how much he thinks about God. And I'm reminded in that moment, though he cares about himself, though he wants God to do a good work in his life, like at the end of the day, 
like he's spending a lot of his mental energy thinking about the Lord. And I think the Psalms are a good reminder that in our prayer life and just our life in general, we need to think about God. One of the benefits of reading Scripture is you're just thinking about God. I read in Mark 8 this morning um, where Jesus multiplied the food for the people when there wasn't enough food, and I was just thinking about, like, man, he, he did that. And in that moment, my life wasn't perfect, but I was looking at something that was perfect and that was beautiful and that was inspiring. And so the Lord wants us to bring our request to him. He wants us to have good lives, but we're supposed to think about the Lord. I mean, think about it. Like, God is perfect. And so when we think on him, like, like in Philippians 4, we're dwelling on what is good, what is noble, what is perfect. And if we only think about our life and our circumstances, then we're constantly only thinking about something that is imperfect, right? We're thinking on something that, you know, will not satisfy us. Which brings me to my last point, which is a really famous quote by a guy you probably know named John Piper. He's a well-known preacher. And he says this, he says that God is most glorified in me when I am most satisfied in him. And so what he says, and this is a huge kind of life verse for him, is that your happiness and God's glory are not at odds, right? It's not that when I say I want to glorify God that I have to not care about my happiness, right? But it's this idea that like God's glory and human happiness are like a perfect combination. And so we can say without feeling bad about that, we want to be happy. I want to have a happy life. I want to enjoy my life, right? And yet God is the place ultimately where that's found. And when we break those two things apart and think we have to choose between glorifying God and being happy, it's not true because the more that we dwell on the Lord, the happier we are. Because if God is real and if he loves us and if he is with us, then to realize that he is amazing is a great comfort to us. So God is most glorified in me, meaning I'm truly going to glorify him when I'm coming to him for my happiness and my satisfaction. And so um, as I turn over to James, I just want to remind you as we start today and as we pray um, to think about the Lord, right? And not even to overthink the concept of thinking about the Lord, but just think about him and let him satisfy you. And so this time James will come up and lead us in prayer. Psalm uh, 46, God says, be still and know that I'm God. And I, I love in my version, it's the NASB, it says, cease striving. And I thought, man, that, that really cuts to the heart, especially in our American context, cease striving for a moment. And I, I think it's important for us as we have this members meeting, as we talk about all the different things that are going on in the church, that we would start out by just being still and just being with God. And so I want to lead us in a time of guided prayer, and we're going to have two different uh, things that we're going to pray about. But at this time, I'm going to invite you to bow your heads with me. And uh, the first thing that I want us to sort of just reflect on is just a time of a personal confession, um, of just uh, going to God. I'm just going to leave maybe just 30 seconds to a minute for you to just be alone with God and just confess maybe some struggles you've been having, maybe anxiety you have like in your heart, just things that you need to, to turn over to God. Like, like John said, maybe there's something that you just need to, to focus on God for a moment and give it to Him. So I'm going to ask you to do that at this time. Just, just say a prayer of confession, uh, getting right with God um, so that He can give you peace during this time. Heavenly Father, we come before you this evening, Lord, as, as broken people, 
we have anxieties in, we, in our hearts, Lord. We have sin that we so often run to, Lord. There are times that I confess that I'm personally not satisfied in you, and that I look for satisfaction in other places, and I've, I've done that this week, Lord, and that's been evidenced by stress that I've had, Lord, where I haven't trusted in you. has been evidenced by um, seeking after some of the pleasures of the world and not being satisfied in you, and I just confess that, Lord, first and foremost in front of uh, these people, my brothers and sisters, and I just confess that I have these things in my heart that I, I need you to touch those places, and I need you to bring renewal and, and healing and forgiveness and grace to me. And I pray on behalf of uh, my brothers and sisters here that you would bring that same grace and renewal and forgiveness over their hearts, Lord. As your word says, if we confess our sins, that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And it's with that cleansing that comes peace in our hearts, Lord. And that's what we want. We want a peace and an inner stillness. So we pray that you would forgive us, Lord, and as we move forward in this time, that you would just be with us, Lord. It's in your name I pray. And if you would, just keep your eyes, uh, eyes closed and your heads bowed. I'm going to lead us in one more time of just focused prayer. Uh, and during this time, I, I would invite you to, to pray for unity in this body, um, just for a, a sweet, sweet fellowship uh, for us as brothers and sisters, and that we would see ourselves as brothers and sisters, children of God, working together um, for His glory in this world. And so just use this moment just to pray for unity uh, in this body among the people of this church. Father, we are first and foremost sheep. Your word calls us sheep multiple times, and sheep need a shepherd. Sheep need someone to lead them, and to guide them in, in the good and graceful ways of Jesus Christ. So we ask that you would lead us. We ask for your wisdom. We admit, Lord, each and every one of us that we don't have the wisdom that it takes to to fully embody you in this world, to fully follow you in this world. And so we, we need your spirit to come and to guide us into all truth and all goodness and all righteousness. So I pray for us um, this evening, Lord, that each and every one of us would have in our hearts a sense of, of unity and fellowship and love for one another, Lord, that we would embody what your word says, where it says the world will know that we are your followers by our love for one another. Father, I pray for these people, my brothers and sisters. I pray that you would just be with us tonight. Give us peace, give us unity, give us strength, and give us just a unified sense of mission in this world, of what we're supposed to be doing, of what we're supposed to be focusing on. We need you to do this, and so we ask that you would lead us and that you would guide us, and we humble ourselves before your great plan for this world. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. This time I invite John up to do a recap of 2017.